Joe Fredericks here on the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. This is a continuation of our recent episode, episode 56, where we went winter camping on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day through that weekend in 2022 to get the year started outright. We were camping, Matthew and I, from the podcast Camping with Cook County residents Josh and Kaylin Dix, and we had some very memorable experience, as you heard about in the recent episode. Another shout out to Stone Harbor Wilderness Supply and Grand Marais for their support of the trip. They had the wall tents that we used on this very, very, very cold journey into the Boundary Waters. So you can check them out. Stone Harbor Wilderness Supply in Grand Marais. Well, let's get right back out to the ice. Winter camping to start out 2022. Welcome to the Dick's Tent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's cozy. What do you think? 40 degrees? That's my guess. Sure. We you can, know, you can check that, can't you? Okay. I don't know where the thermometer yeah. went. Let's, let's, do a fact, <laughs> let's do a fact check on that. We need... <laughs> We need larger thermometers so yeah. we stop losing them. Although it's quite <laughs> variable. It's like the closer to the fire, probably like 70. Mm. And then it fades fast. But we're mm. going to keep it cranking tonight. We have a lot of wood. And we have our propane tank inside now. And and it's the last night, so we don't have to worry about conserving propane. Oh, we'll we're burn just going to We're going to let it ride. Take it to the end. Cash yeah. it. <laughs> That's yeah. the plan. Wow. There was a lot of learnings on your first night. Yeah. That you are putting, you know, we checked in to make sure we all wanted to stay another night, knowing the temperatures would still be low. And you both were adamant that night two was the most important thing because I'll let you speak for yourselves. Yeah, you can apply what you've learned the night before. We're going to keep the fire rolling all night. We have a plan. Who knows what ha- will happen as the night goes on, but I'm even hours, you're odd hours to fill it. You know, after our our check-in there, I have to admit, for a moment I was of weakness. I was having some second thoughts on that decision just for a little while. When we came back over here, my feet were freezing, and I just laid down for a little while. And and that's when I came out and we worked on some wood. I'm like, I just need to get some movement and get warmed up again. And it's been all good since then, but... Like any good Boundary Waters trip, I think there's a few moments where you think, wow, what am I doing here? (laughs) I could be in a warm, cozy place, living easy. Um, But if it's smooth sailing the whole time, it's not not the right, it's not a good trip. No, you gotta revel in the hardship. Yeah. (laughs) So we're glad, we're glad, I'm glad I stayed, of course. Um, But, you know, there's always that moment where you have a few second thoughts. (laughs) You made it over the hump, Josh. I made it over. <laughs> it's great to see. I also, ha- I mean, I think we had, a, we were kind of in parallel because when I, I was getting a little frost nip on my toes, my boots had gotten wet, and I was having the same thoughts. I was thinking about <laughs> just take taking a hot shower, blah, blah, blah. And, but uh, I actually told Joe about our conversation, and I thought... I think we're pushing through because the idea you said it well is when you sit around too long and think about the cold it gets in your head but when you get you as you said get active and start doing something about it it's beautiful 
As a mentor of mine said recently, stop perseverating, move forward, make a decision and move forward. (laughs) Indecision and inaction can be uh, paralyzing. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Well, since uh, our last update, we have seen the Forest Service came by to check on us, check our permits. DNR came to check our fishing license. Kylan Hill, who we heard from in the recent short track on the podcast. Uh, right now, though, before I get into a little bit about that, we have WTIP on in the background. If you can hear a little jingle jangle as we're... <laughs> there it is. That's some good great beats uh, tonight. Dr. Ozzy <laughs> is in the studio live on Saturday night. New Year's day night dr ozzy's down there playing some tunes some great blues josh and kaylin were telling us and it just sounds so good on the gunflint tower we're picking up out here on duncan lake so shout out to wtip and dr ozzy on the podcast <laughs> yes <laughs> grooving us yeah in our new year it keeps the morale going we frequently have the radio playing and I think we first realized how important it was when we listened to Rainbow Trout on the Superior Hiking Trail. And we're like, this is just so, I don't know. It's comforting. It's motivating. Especially in fall trips. You know, when you've got hours like this, too, where, you know, it's dark. You've got the fire going and there's not much else left to do. We've always brought the radio. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I had a similar experience on Duncan one time with Tyler Howell was on the air, and I was out here solo camping, and it was one of my first times winter camping, and hearing the the sounds of the station was just a, such a comforting thing. It made me kind of realize I'm not really that far away from familiar things, and it's all good out here. Yeah, it feels good. There was one time we didn't have radio. We were some. We were. I think we were somewhere on Seagull, Seagull maybe. Seagull on the backside of the Palisades. Yeah, you couldn't pick up any WTIP signals. <laughs> <laughs> need another. There, I, I, I almost wouldn't say you need another tower because we all know how right, that yeah. can That's go. Maybe a booster. Maybe a booster. <laughs> a little antenna, not a tower. Yeah, yeah. on top of the tower. <laughs> Yeah, but it was. We were like, "Oh my gosh, we don't, we can't." What are we gonna do? A lot of singing and storytelling. Listening to the girls bicker because the girls, the girls are us. (laughs) But they won't hear this episode. (laughs) We'll beat that out. That's right. (laughs) Uh, So the Forest Service stops by, checks our permit. Matthew had the overnight permit issued, which you do basically. If you're familiar with the Boundary Waters and doing a day trip in the winter, you self-issue that same permit. You just mark it for overnight in the winter. So Matthew had the white copy, basically, with him in his pocket. Went back to camp and grabbed that. And uh, we all had our fishing license to show. And if I may, and if you'll please verify the accuracy of this statement, the DNR, after seeing the fish we had caught from the day, said, well, looks like you've done better than anyone else that we've seen today. I heard it. Wow. I can verify. I heard it too. (laughs) And and I believe Kylan said, I hesitate to say this due to Joe's ego, (laughs) but 
wait, I didn't hear that part. <laughs> I think he said, yeah, it seems about right. No. Right. Uh, but, this is what I would expect. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the interesting part of that is that uh, some of the best fishing action of the day actually came after they were here. So it only continued to improve. It was a marvelous, marvelous day of lake trout fishing. Uh, for the opener, this is my best opener as far as success both numbers of fish i think we caught 16 lake trout combined and uh we've got a lot of nice fish in the mix too some bigger end you know still very good keepers but getting on that larger side of the scale big salmon looking fillets that we've got to take home and share with friends and neighbors and i know you guys are going to have some for yourselves too so Matthew and I already have fish tacos on the menu for later in the week. I mean, the the harvest has been extraordinary. I mean, we did, as you heard, start the day with uh, lake trout and eggs. Right. So that yeah. makes for a truly memorable... I asked you, Joe, uh, where this fit in your top ten list of openers. Yeah. It sounds like this is close to the top. It is. I mean, even compared to some, some open water in... May when the fishing season starts this this day I think because we made it through the challenge the other bit of news that they shared with us was that not only did it get as cold as expected it exceeded the overnight low the report from the forest service when we asked what the temperature got to last night 31 below zero (laughs) (laughs) so it's starting to make a little more sense yeah now about the with the wind too it was probably 50 below wind chill maybe in that category but 31 below air temperature and and it kind of just clicked like that's why it was a bit harder to stay ahead like you could just not get ahead noticing things that were malfunctioning that normally don't and just everything kind of slow and seeming to be in pain almost (laughs) yeah it's validating that it was that cold like okay all right we're not wusses (laughs) it was pretty cold so i was remarking that probably the coldest we've ever been camping before is a little few degrees under 30 which is still plenty cold Mm -hmm. so we're looking at we just broke our record by about 60 degrees. Burned it. <laughs> Burned the record. We've got, I think we earned some good Boundary Water Street cred on this yeah. trip. Heck yeah. <laughs> Portage cred. Portage cred. There mm-hmm. you go. You know, I was wondering about bringing this up, but in case you recognize uh, either Josh or Kalen's voices, if you listen way back to season one or two, one or two, yeah. You were the first folks that responded to our request to send in audio diaries of a trip. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really cool that that was before you lived here. Yeah. And it was a paddle trip. And now we're out here together winter camping. And it feels like a really exciting way to continue to be a part of your uh, homecoming to this community and to have you be a part of our place too. Thank yeah, thank you. It feels really, it feels really great. It feels really nice to be out here with you guys. And I don't know that we would have done it on our own um, to to come out here 
and there's a there's a big learning curve with winter camping um mm -hmm. you know and we've always said this about about the boundary waters and just wilderness or like backpacking is there's a fine line between like a crazy story and a fun adventure and like disaster mm -hmm. you're really riding that line um frequently in beautiful weather <laughs> mm -hmm. and this just kind of ups the ante a little bit mm -hmm. and no we really appreciate you coming along or us coming sure. along with you and it feels really yeah great and now we're taking pointers on twinkly lights and all right <laughs> all sorts of things theater art <laughs> so i want to back this up a little bit because there's a few important things uh that i think are worth talking about uh going all the way back to our planning process is it okay if i jump into that please so we started planning. Uh, we had a couple folks who weren't able to make it on the trip, but it was six of us originally. And, you know, we had, going back to gauging the risks yeah. in a trip, we had a much larger trip planned for, um, for this time period. And we had to assess the, the, the sense of that. Joe, could you share the? Would you mind sharing a comment that you brought into the discussion that I thought was helpful about the dangers in the wilderness? Uh, yeah. What did I say? Uh, the <laughs> most dangerous thing in the wilderness. Oh, that's right. Yeah, this comes uh, not to take credit for this because this comes from the director of the St. Louis County Search and Rescue Squad, who I've been communicating with for a different project, and he was telling me about the situations they respond to in the boundary waters where people get into a dangerous situation. And a lot of people on the kind of outside looking in think, oh, you know, there's wolves and bears and all this wildlife and all this just space and natural elements are something to be afraid of in the animals. But in their experience of his... He, he has responded to 6,000 calls wow. in his 40 years with St. Louis County Search and Rescue. Rick is his name. And he said the most dangerous thing to a person on a Boundary Waters trip is the person themselves. Uh, either from a lack of planning or poor decision making or whatever the case may be. That those are other things that I described are all secondary compared to the the person themselves and the decisions and the situations that we put ourselves in. And, and I think that we have, we have seen that we have embraced that we, with my vehicle situation, experienced some of that firsthand. And then coming out here where there was real risk of danger with these temperatures, but we planned accordingly. We dialed back the trip from this much larger journey due to primarily the weather and so we we put ourselves in a position to succeed for the most part and overcame some obstacles too yeah and i think a part in there that uh, thanks for sharing that that is i'm curious to hear from you two on is you get you start to plan a trip and you get excited for the trip you're planning so what was it like having to recalibrate your expectations for a trip that was supposed to be a little more unusual for the two of you. New place, new spaces, things like that. You know, I, I'd agree. I think we were excited to 
go to Pine initially, especially because we haven't been there before. Mm-hmm. But we were equally as excited to see someplace familiar like Duncan, but in the dead of winter rather than in summer. Mm-hmm. So it was still still very appealing to come here. Um, I think the main thing when it when we were discussing through our emails how cold it was going to be, it seemed like if we really wanted to be doing much of any fishing or anything besides sitting in our tents here, we were going to need to bring a fish shelter and a way to stay warm out on the ice as well. And I think what, in my mind, when we were kind of discussing, what's your pick? When Joe said, you know, there's no way you can haul the weight of ice shelters out to pine. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, if we're going to be fishing at minus 20 or whatever cold it's going to be, Mm -hmm. it's going to have to be Duncan then. And even still, um, you know, this was my first time pulling weight in a sled and you know we brought a lot of gear and i wasn't sure what that weight was going to feel like in a sled i even put my kids in my sled and pulled them up and down the driveway to try to get a feel for what weight would feel like something um but we ended up having to double portage it was still it was much too much weight with the ice shelter and all of our other gear um so you know i guess bringing that back to your beginning lots of learning has been occurring and I, I I think it wound up just fine being on Duncan. It's a gorgeous lake. Yeah. <laughs> the fishing was extraordinary yeah. here and, and done in a way that made it enjoyable. We saw some people today fishing, and who knows the circumstances as to why, but they didn't have a shelter, and it just looked, that would have been us out on Pine, and here we were almost in kind of a sauna-like insulated <laughs> ice shack looking out the window like, that looks brutal. <laughs> yeah. And that would have been us at best, you know, Pine being just this massive wind tunnel and a cold place. So we we made a very good decision in that aspect. Yeah, it did look like a sauna. You could see plumes <laughs> of steam coming out when like, the zipper would open on that ice shack. Yeah, speaking of roughing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, don't feel too bad for them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any thoughts from you, Kayla, Yeah, about I, Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with plan B, plan C, plan, you know, go through the alphabet. I feel like we've lived a lot, we've done a lot of trips that way of creating different you know, alternate plans and it's just focusing on the advantages of, you know, those plans and just go and moving forward. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's, I feel fine with yeah. how I, it turned out. Yeah. I think I'd add another consideration was really just with the temperature being as low as it is, the potential for an emergency of some sort, I think increases. And it's nice to know that, um, Despite the remoteness and beauty of this place, it's a little bit more of an easy out than Pine Lake. You know, if something happened, um, especially if you leave gear behind, we could get out. I mean, you could push through that portage and get out of here pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And at, at these temps, I thought that was kind of an important consideration, too. Yeah, yeah. we're coming back for that Nalgene bottle we lost at the bottom of the lake. <laughs> In spring, we're going to find it. There leave it no trace. It's on the record. That's right. That's right. Leave no trace does not... It's not concerned about time frame. Yeah. It's concerned right. about practice. <laughs> yeah. That's right. right. It is a practice. That's right. As long as we get it eventually. Leave, leave no trace eventually is yes. what we're adding to it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The, you know, I think, it's, I think it's fair to say, and based on conversations Matthew and I have had with people who listen to podcasts, is that not a lot of people who listen have been winter camping, or it's something that they find fascinating. Maybe they're 
interested in doing it. They just have not taken that step. Uh, from your perspective, as this is your first trip and, and just the getting ready, the preparation before you left town from either kind of taking inventory of what you have or don't have, can you tell people a little bit about how that process was for you just to get organized to come out here? Josh did most of the organizing. I've been busy at work this week. <laughs> sure. And he really, like, took the lead on that. Okay. So, yeah. Jay, I'll let you... I entertain the children <laughs> while you pack. Come on. No, that's not all true. <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, I think the, the initial appeal and also preparation for me came from following the Freemans in their year in the Boundary Waters. Um, when they would be on the radio and on Facebook and sending information out, I just thought, man, that looks amazing. But also listening to like how it was going, you know, like even learning back then, even um, hearing about, if I remember right, a Bill DeVille from The Current mm -hmm. came out. And I remember them talking about how cold he got, you know, he wasn't prepared. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, so obviously at a trip like any trip out here, it's important to prepare. But this was crucial for this trip. So really it was, you know, meeting with you guys to learn about building our pulk sleds, making sure that was going to be um, something we could rely on. Um, even trying on my layers the entire day before we came out, I was trying on the clothes that I was planning on bringing mm -hmm. to see how it felt. You know, is it going to be warm enough or too warm? Does it breathe? Um, getting winter gas, like, yeah, I guess I've put a... I put a lot of thought and preparation in this to make sure that we weren't going to be um, calling search and rescue. Um, you know that we can, we can do it. We can do this on our own and do it right and be safe. Right. <laughs> you know, with uh, so many canoe trips uh, that you two have done now, you maybe are just kind of comparing for what Matthew and I, where we are now with winter camping, we are at now a stage of more of a, a mental checklist where we kind of we don't have to write it down. Uh, we'll just sort of know what to bring, probably where you are, maybe with canoe camping. Uh, did you actually write down a checklist of things that you want to have on this trip, or just so people can kind of gauge how your process went? Because you came very, very prepared. I've always used, even for summer, just because I'm I'm always concerned about forgetting something, I've always used uh, Paragus Outfitters uh, checklist that they have on their website. Mm -hmm. And then, of course added things um what did i add? i mean obviously the heater more boots more hats more socks Socks, always more <laughs> socks um, in any wet weather or potential for wet yeah you know. brought the axe a lot of times in summer i leave that behind because i don't want the weight mm -hmm. um you but you're used out of that yeah yeah we processed a lot of wood but yeah even as many times as we've done it i still use a checklist just to make sure that i you know, you always forget something, mm -hmm. but the the main ingredients are all here. Nice. <laughs> and you've done a few special things to adapt your normal gear for canoe camping to make it more uh, appropriate for winter. Uh, do you want to speak anything? I know you were bragging last night, Kaylin, about your numerous, your cot, numerous thermos, sleeping bag. And if you if you all want to talk about how adapting the gear that you have, yeah, yeah. So we have uh, three different uh, I don't know thermarest style or like sleeping pads. I guess we have a foam one on the very bottom 
uh, in between the tarp and the ground. Then we've got our cots, which we usually don't sleep on cot. Well, we've been kind of switching to hammocks, so we bought back the in just for this. To we be did, honest, yeah. yeah, just to get off the ground. And then we have our old, old thermorests from our superior hiking trips that we usually make the girls sleep on. So we've got those in between the cot and the sleeping bag. And in the sleeping bag, we have the the big thermorests uh, in the sleeve, the blow up ones. Uh, in the sleeve of the sleeping you bag. Yeah, Big Agnes sleep system. I, yeah, yep, and that's so nice. You started with that where you could put the the sleeping pad in the sleeping bag, and that yeah. is so nice. No more sliding off your pad. Yeah. That, that was very appealing. I used to slide off these little thermorests all night long. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw the, the pad cute. in the bag, that was... Yeah. Man, I think that's money. Yeah, yeah there's a few a few uh, companies have a sleep system now where you can uh, put the pad into sort of a kind of a container that holds the sleeping bag and the pad in one, and they are, I mean, pretty genius. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you could be like Joe who just has the same thin foam pad that he's always used, and no different. Or you can be like the rest of us and bulk up a little bit. And I think a lot of that depends on how you sleep and how how you sleep for warmth, just your natural body heat that you create. I mean, every time I put my hand into the hole to wash it after filleting a fish or just to wash my hand or whatever it is, Matthew, I can sometimes he'll comment, but I can always hear feel his cringe. Yep. He just hates to see my hand in that cold water, and it just doesn't phase me. For, I don't even doesn't even bother me. So it's just the different people respond to the cold in different ways, and and I think that's something to consider as you're starting a winter camping trip too. Although I will say that I was I've been using my GoPro in the auger hole mm-hmm. and sticking my hand in, and it's because I'm motivated to get a really cool shot. It doesn't phase me either. So maybe you just have to find your motivation <laughs> right. for the elements. <laughs> That's right. Uh, it's just all about what you're into. Yeah, and please uh, check out some of uh, Matthew's videos. He'll be putting those on the Instagram page and, and so forth uh, because he's got some amazing footage that he's taken out here on this trip. It's so beautiful on Duncan. Today was sunny, no wind all day. It was just, despite the temps, and it actually kind of seemed to warm up a little bit too, it was just it was a Beautiful, beautiful day out here. Yeah, it may actually just get down to negative 20 tonight instead of negative 30. Oh, that's all? Yeah, that is nothing. Yeah, we're not even going to light up the stove tonight. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we can do it. Mm. Mm -hmm. So we're going to hunker down soon into our final night's rest with uh, one more early morning shot to meet our limit. That's right. And then it's a uh, pack up and head out. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, I think if the sunrise is as beautiful tomorrow as it was this morning, it will be a really kind way to start the day. Yeah. It's been a great trip. And yeah. I think uh, pretty, there's not as much kind of, I mean, last night was New Year's Eve. There was a cold wind. There's a lot of different energy in the air tonight than there was last night a lot less kind of anxiety it seems like for for all of us yeah we had the energy to make s'mores tonight (laughs) right (laughs) that was great a little more just kind of relaxed like all right we got we got this so we'll see what comes so uh, we'll check in again in the morning hopefully with some more lake trout to share and stories to tell yeah 
Good night. Get <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> out of here. <laughs>so we're wrapping up packing up (laughs) last night went so much better we just kept a pretty tight schedule of every hour on the hour feeding the fire I set my alarm on my watch for every even hour and Josh got up every other and it worked out pretty good stayed pretty toasty in here yeah Jay yeah yeah warmer than last night despite maybe cooler temps so it's all good yeah, so it feels good to be kind of packing up here. It's pretty chilly outside. I'd fair to guess, uh, negative 20. Could be. Yeah, it felt cold this morning. Colder than yesterday maybe even, but nice clear day. So it, nice warm clothes and warm fire. Feels good. Got another fish this morning. Almost two more fish this morning. Had one up to the ice and lost it, but got another one through taking a little bit of trout home which is nice first lake trout ice fishing this weekend and they're delicious very good yeah so we're just packing up i feel like my uh my role in camping is to organize and get stuff packed up and we're almost ready to roll probably do a couple trips on the portage uh i don't know we're we're not much lighter on the way back no i we it's not like it doesn't feel like summer when you lose a lot of food weight. I think we still got a lot of gear to to carry back. We lost some weight, but it's still gonna be a little bit of effort to get out. And we used a lot of propane, but it's not like the tank's any lighter. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> All right, so back to the truck. Good trip. I learned a lot. Yeah, I think um, Joe was asking kind of for just. Maybe at a end a end of trip recap here, and so I think it was what I expected in that we we learned a lot on our first winter camping trip. Um, I didn't know what to expect in some parts, like how hard was it going to be to pull the sled, how warm or cold would it be in the tent, um, how much more food would we eat, you know, all kinds of things like that. I I knew I was going to have to kind of learn on the go, and I felt like we had a lot of moments where we improved just in the short time that we were out here you know like Kaylin's example we got a little chilly the first night um just trusting us to wake up when the fire got chilly so last night we set our timers and had a much more comfortable time sleeping because we kept the fire going better on a schedule um so kind of just adapting as we go and really learning a lot as we go yeah I think the other thing last night putting our heads by the fire was key so we could just reach over and throw the logs in Matthew and Joe recommended that and it was I don't know it seemed like such a simple fix but it really made a big difference and neither of us got up in the middle of the night out of the sleep sack so it was really good I feel like some of my favorite parts about winter camping are eating in the tent oh my gosh it feels so against everything I know about camping to eat in a tent and it was really it felt very fun and exciting for me, like I was breaking the rules. <laughs> and I'd say, you know, the food always tastes better in the woods, but man, the warm food, winter camping, tastes even 10 times better than a normal Boundary Waters trip. You know, every time we'd think, oh, I'm not that hungry. And once I start eating some warm, 
quesadillas or some breakfast scramble this morning. It's it's almost another world to just have some good warm food going in. It really feels good. Um, but like any Boundary Waters trips, it, it kind of feels good to be setting our sights on the truck in a warm shower and maybe a sauna to take the chill off. It's 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 always exciting to get in and it's it's exciting to get back home too. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's good to come out here and ground out a little bit. You always just kind of, I don't know, it puts things in perspective when life gets really stressful. I feel like I talked about this in our last, uh, when we went out for that other episode we chatted on, but it feels, yeah, so good to just kind of get back to the basics a bit and learn something new. And I still have all my fingers and toes. (laughs) So I think to uh, wrap up, I'll just say uh, thanks to anybody who decided to listen to us talking about our first winter camping trip. And of course, we both are very thankful to Joe and Matthew for showing us the ropes and bringing us out here. Um, I've been listening to the podcast for a long time. I really enjoy it. And it was really exciting to uh, to be part of it. So uh, thanks to, um, of course, the creators of the show and the, the listeners for uh hopefully enjoying our account of this trip. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. There you go. (laughs) Well, you can look to Venus, you can look to Mars. I will set my sights by the northern star and in the deep dark blue come the northern lights. Oh, and in the deep dark blue come the northern lights. Thinking if the strokes are true, we're gonna get through to the other side. Out in the night, the waves beat the shore. You can hear them pounding, you can hear them roar. Rule me, rock me in my dreams. You can roll me, rock me in my dreams. So I like to sing, I love to dance. Play the fool if I got the chance All around the campfire light All around the campfire light All around, all around, all around The campfire light